Look at your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. Reggie, Reggie, I screwed up. It's this one. <laughs> what are you doing? I messed up. Come on, Jeff. What's wrong with you, man? Hey, uh, hey how long, though, bro, how long you been here, Jeff? How long you been here? Ten years? Whew, I'm glad that worked out. That could have messed me up right there. <laughs> I, I, he's my boy, dude. He's, and he, I just told him, you got to go there. You have to go. That's the job for you. So I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. We need you. Amen. Hey, y'all ready? I don't know if y'all ready. All right. If you, even if you're watching on, on, in the other room, it's time to do this. So everybody look at your neighbor and just say, it's time. Sit down and get your Bible and let's start this. Let's make this happen. All right. All I'm going to do today is, is, is lead you into something. I know today's your last day of spiritual emphasis, and, and it's cool to be home. It's good to be home. I call this home. This is the place that molded who Reggie is. Some of you ain't never heard of me before. Ain't no other thing. I'm just a brother from another mother, all right? Ain't no thing but a chicken wing, but it's on like Donkey Kong, all right? So, so here it is. Here it is. Go old school, Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to start reading at verse number 8. All I'm doing is telling you one Bible story before the praise and worship comes up. And look, our praise and worship today is our answer to what I'm preaching to you right now. So I kind of like this because a lot of times we come to church and we sing and worship and praise. And then we hear the preaching. I think sometimes we need a reason to praise, a reason to worship. So doing this backwards, I don't see it as a bad thing. I think it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. So I'm going to start with one of my best and my favorite Bible stories ever. Verse 8, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says, one day. Everybody say, one day. Oh, come on, come on. Help me out. Say, one day. Listen to me. Every person that is ever used by God has had a one day. A one moment. It was one chance. It was one choice. And they took it. My friend Christine Kane said that yesterday. She said, this is the dumbest way to sacrifice your life. Because what we believe in is crazy. How does a girl get pregnant without sleeping with someone? And we put our entire eternity on one thing, that that man over 2,000 years ago died and came back from the dead. So you are looking at me trying to figure out how dignified you want your career to be. If you saved, it ain't going to be dignified. If you're saved, people think you crazy. I can't believe a lot of people today are like going, I can't believe it. Why are they coming after the church? Why not? Okay, Christine Kane, I met a kid who went to leadership training. And what she said, setting this story up today. She said, Reggie, you got to meet this kid. So I shook hands, Asian kid from Asia. And he said, I was taught leadership training. I said, cool. I said, were you able to use it? He said, one time. I said, cool. When did you use your leadership training? And Christine started laughing because she knew me. Never be afraid to ask questions. Never be afraid to ask questions. 
I want to listen to you more than I want to hear me speak. Because I think sometimes, no, I don't even think. I know when you listen, God will drop a word into you. But when you're, and you can't be looking to find an answer. Because if you're looking to find an answer, you're not really listening to their problem. That's why we have racism. All right, let's go on, all right? Y'all with me? Are y'all with me? So you got to listen not to find the answer. Listen to understand. Listen to hear. Listen, how can I shift who I am to change the world? And since we're talking about the elephant in the room, let me drop it on you. There was a story about Jesus who went to the well. When he got to the well, he sit there and he sent all the disciples to town to get dinner. In the Bible, in the New Testament, when Jesus was with his disciples, only one time did he send all 12 to go get lunch. And it was that day. Look what's in parentheses if you want to learn about racism. Number one, the first thing in parentheses, it says Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So racism has been around forever. Does that make it okay? No. The second thing in parentheses says this. Jesus sent all the disciples to town to get lunch. Why did he send them all? Here's what I believe. He had to get them out of the way so that their culture would not get in the way of him saving that woman's life. Any distraction that he had that would keep him from saving that girl had to be gone. So as you train, as you listen, as you learn in your years here, which disciple do you want to be? Will God have to send you to lunch? Which ain't no big deal. You get to get Jesus lunch. Or do you have enough in you to stay and help him save a woman? What do you want to do? You see, things like that are what I'm here to do. I'm not here to give you something you'll hear every day. I'm here to give you something that'll challenge you. And the only thing that can help you change the culture we live in is wrapped up in this little story about the Shumanite woman. Verse 8. Everybody say, one day. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. Now, stop right there. Do you know what this means? Think about this. It starts with this woman asking the man of God to have a meal. And it jumps the next sentence to whenever he went by, he stopped there to eat. That means only one thing. That girl could cook. She had some biscuits and gravy up in there with bacon. It was, on the, it was off the chain good. And the prophet, even the man of God was like, oh, my God, we got to go that way. It's 20 miles out of the way. We got biscuits and gravy. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, a brother got to eat. You got to, got to. Every time he went, he went there to eat. Look at verse 9. She said to her husband, I know this man. Who often comes our way as a holy man of God. Let us make a room on the roof and put a bed in it and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay whenever he comes to us. Verse 11. Now, let me help you out with that. See that lady right there? The teacher that raised me, her and her husband, they taught me something and it works. They taught me this. I'd rather be a giver than a taker. Now, my problem is I'm the opposite. So I'd rather give than take. People buy me a meal and I go, I'm sorry, bro. I, got, I could do this. I have a hard time taking from people. 
How many evangelists do you know who are like that? But I'm different because I just, I don't, I don't expect anything from anybody. Now that's going to come back in this story. Because some of you have been hurt so bad, you don't expect anything from anybody anymore. And you've taken yourself out of the realm of the miracle being yours. You've, you decided to come to North Central and be everyone's miracle. I'm going to be a miracle. I'm going to save somebody. I'm going to change somebody's life. But before you can, why don't, what if somebody wants to change your day? We're going to get there. Are y'all with me? Say, mm-hmm. Y'all kind of quiet up in here. Just somebody look at your neighbor and say, here we go. Because I'm going to tell you, we're about to, jump. we're about to jump off the boat into the deep water because that's where it happens right there. Here we go. <clears throat> Verse 11, one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and he laid down there and he said to his servant, I like, I call this guy Giazi. I know it's probably a different thing, but I see this dude, his servant, his sidekick. He's not just the guy who just helps him out and he has to speak through this guy because he's a man of God and all that. But Giazi, I see him as like one of them like karate kid dudes, like wax on, wax off, Giazi. You know, he can hurt somebody. If they try to come get the prophet, he's going to knock them out. So he looks at Giazi and says, come the Shumanite woman call her in here so he came he came he came and called her and she stood before him Elisha said to her tell her have you have gone through all this trouble for us now what can be done for you can I speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army she replied I have my own home among my own people what can be done for her Elisha asked Giazi said well Everybody say, well, I like that. I like that. She has no son and her husband, he old. Now, when I get to heaven, after a few millennials and I get acclimated, I'm going to find this dude, the husband. I'm just going to give him a hug. And I'm going to say, I repped you, man. When I was on her, I repped you because it wrong. How they treated you. I don't know. It had to be the Holy Ghost. But who in the whole Bible, the greatest book ever written, is just called as the old man. I said, dude, you, you say, you touch my life. You matter, my brother. You matter. I'm going to tell him. I'm gonna, I know y'all like, boy, you crazy. I might be crazy. But that's it. He old. He just old. Then Elisha said, call her, call the Shumanite woman. So she came and she stood in the doorway. And when she stood there, he said, about this time next year, you will hold your son in your arms. She said, no. Okay, now that's probably not the response he was expecting. Here's a woman. And back then, you had to have a son. That was the heir. That was the one that passed your lineage alone. He was it. That was it. She didn't have one. And he's like, you shall have a son. And she's like, no, get out of my house. Why would she say no like that? She literally said, no, my Lord. She objected. Don't mislead your servant, oh man of God. Wow. There's many reasons why this could happen. Everybody lean in right now. We're getting to the meat. Salad's done. It was strawberry with a little vinaigrette on the side. Now we got the T-bone and the mashed potatoes, but not just mashed potatoes. No, 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 no. They baked the cheese in it. Dude, I heard the people watching on the video over there. They were like, oh. 
Everybody say number one. She thought she wasn't good enough. I'm just not good enough. These things happen to good people. Somebody say number two. In her past, someone promised, but they didn't come through. Hey, anybody hear what I'm saying? Hey, I promise you it's going to happen. I promise you I'm going to be there. I promise we're going to do this. I promise, I promise. And time after time after time after time after time, they have an excuse of why not, why it didn't happen, why they had to work late, why it didn't happen, didn't come through. And you don't think it's a big deal, but now you're in college and all the stuff that is happening around us, you start thinking back in your past and you're starting to take these little things from yesterday and let them infect your today. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're going, well, if my own parents are going to let me down, if my own relatives and friends are going to let me down, if my loved one's going to let me down, then eventually God is going to let me down. And you start thinking this way and you think, okay, I'm going to love God. I'm going to serve God, but I don't want nothing because they'll just let me down. God ain't your daddy on earth. Y'all get it? I never had an earthly father. Don't know who he is. Ain't got a clue. I've had many men, great men, adopt me, help me, raise me, teach me, treat me like their son. And I'm honored with that. But I have decided, I had to decide while I was sitting up there that God is my heavenly father. There's a key on heavenly. He's not your earthly. He's your heavenly father. His ways are not like your ways. His thoughts are not like your thoughts. You got to let, you got to separate that. And today's the day you get to do that. Go ahead and cut into steak because it's good. How about this? She can remember all the reasons she can't be the miracle. The only person that knows you better than you is God. You know and he knows every mistake, every messed up thing, everything, everything, everything about you. And sometimes we go, I know why I can't have the miracle because this happened. I know why I can't do this because that happened. I know why. If there's anything in your life that can prevent God from helping you, then that would have been on Jesus when he was still in the grave. But since his grave is empty and the tomb is empty, then there's nothing that can stop God from working then and working now. you got to let that go. And today in this praise and worship set, is the day you let it go. Let's get there. I got to keep going. Hmm, how about this? People have told her, not you, so many times, oh, not you, honey. Oh, no, you're not as pretty as she is. No, no, honey, no, no, no. You married an old man. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, no, no. No, he ain't even that good looking. He might have some land and some, like, servants and stuff, but no, baby, no. There's all these people speaking, speaking, speaking. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to people or are you going to listen to God? Verse 17. But the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son. Okay, come on. This is great. Just as Elisha had told her. You know when she got pregnant, she was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. This is. Oh, yeah. And then it's a boy. Ha, ha. She was over the moon. And the old man started lifting weights. He started running around the block. He got one of those uh, Piotti machines, whatever he had to do. 
Verse 18, the child grew and he grew. And one day he went to his father who was out in the field with the reapers. And he said, my head, my head. He said to his father, his father told the servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had, had, had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sit on his mother's lap until noon. And then he died. Now, this is what the Bible. Okay. The president told you an English teacher took care of me. So she got a little of me in her. I got a lot of her in me. And when you read the Bible, like that sentence right there, if you don't have a Bible, nothing. When it says, the boy sit on her lap until noon and then he died, it's, it's a period. It's not even an exclamation point. There's nothing in quotations. It's like it's normal, average, ordinary sentence. The boy sit on her lap until noon, then he died. When in reality, it should have been, the boy sit on his mother's lap until noon, and then he died. The baby died. But the Bible has a way of seeing tomorrow before we can see it. It's too deep, I know, man. I know. I'm rocking your world right now. Some of you are like, I've heard this story a million times. I ain't never heard it like that. Oh, wait, we're about to go there because I'm done playing with y'all, okay? I, I had a little fun, but now I got to get down to it. We'll look at verse 21. She went up. Everybody say, go up. Come on, everybody say, go up. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and went out. Shut the door and went out. Now, if you go back up in the story, you know that they built a room on the t- roof, on the top, at the top of their home. They built this room with a tab- table and a lamp and a chair and a bed for the man of God. So now her son is in her arms, and she carried him. She watched him die. She could do nothing to save her miracle, her promise, her reason to live, her reason to fight, her gift from God. Now he's gone. What do you do when it's gone? Where do you go? When it's gone, where do you go when COVID hits? Where do you go when racism strikes? Where do you go when all the things that you dreamed of tears down? When it's gone, what do you do with it? She carried it. She carried it. She carried it every step. His body kept getting colder and colder. He went limp. She carried it. She could remember his voice, his laugh, his cry. When he said, I love you, every step to the prophet's room, she carried him. You're carrying it. Something you thought wouldn't die did. And whether you want to or not, you're carrying it today. With every step, the weight gets heavier and heavier. You just want to go. You just want the voice in your head, get up and get out. You should have never came to chapel. You shouldn't hear this. You should get out. Run away. You should leave school. It's too hard. But she carried it. Step by step by step. Don't stop until you get to the room. 
don't stop till you get there. Verse 21, she went up and laid him on the prophet's bed and she shut the door behind her. Everybody say shut the door. Ah, here it is. One more time, say shut the door. Oh, I can't hear you. Say it loud. Say shut the door. Okay, now watch this. So what she do? Her promise, her dream, her miracle, her desires. It had to be heavy. But when she gave it to God, she shut the door. How do you act after you shut the door? Let me show you. Verse 22. She called her husband and said, please send me a servant and a donkey so that I can go to the man, to the man of God quickly and return. The old man we're talking to right now. He goes, why are you going today? He asked. It's not a new moon or the Sabbath. And she went, it's all right. <laughs> she just watched her baby die. Turn blue, die. Turn purple, die. Whatever color you want to fit. He dead. He dead. She laid him on a bed in the prophet's room, shut the door, went to her husband, said, I need a servant and a donkey. I'm going to see the man of God. Is everything all right? What she said, in human nature, we say, he's dead. Our boy's dead. She went, it's all right. Because she was not going to speak what her heart knew was going to be okay. No matter how nasty it gets, you hold on to the promises in this word of God. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on. Put your hurt in the room and shut the door. The man of God, she got to Mount Carmel, okay? When he, the man of God, saw her in the distance, he said, Kiazi, is that the Shumanite woman? Look. It's a Shumanite woman. Verse 26. Run and meet her and ask her. Everybody watch this. Put, when I say all right, put a count each one, all right? Run to her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? And in the Bible, she says, everything is all right. But in Reggie's version... She looked at the prophet with everything that was going on. And he said, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? And the title of my sermon on the last day of spiritual emphasis on this Friday is all right, all right, all right. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. When she reached the man of God in verse 27, she, she fell at his feet and grabbed his feet. Giazi came to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's in bitter distress. I don't know why the Lord has hidden it from me. I don't know why she's like this. Some of you are waiting for a man of God to speak something over your life. Some of you are waiting for a teacher or a professor or the president to speak over your life. You have God in this place. He's going to speak over your life. You don't need no mortal man to do it. God's already, if you can see this... If you can hear this sermon, you're called. Take your doubt and put it in the room and shut the door. And walk like you ain't never been hurt. Hey, y'all want to know the truth? I was debating whether I do this or not. All right. Okay, look. In my head, everything now. Since the whole racism thing started and everything, I got calls from, like, everybody I know. And I have a lot of friends. 
And I have pastor friends. And they're all like, what do we do? What do we do? How do we? And I had one friend in particular. We grew up together in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he has like five master's degrees. And he helps me write my books that I write. And he's a pastor in, outside of Nashville. And he said, walk me through racism. I just got questions I need to ask you. This dude's a literary genius, okay? He says, I've gone through the 401 years of racism. And I need to just ask you. And he started asking questions. I started answering them. He goes, I'm taping this. I said, you tape everything. So I now figured that out. And he kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. And when we got done, he goes, cool. I have a couple of ladies I have to go talk to. I'm going to use some of this. I said, no problem. So he went and talked to them. All of a sudden, they didn't just leave the church. They became more leaders in the church because of what he said to them. And he goes, Reggie, I did something without you knowing. I did a book proposal on racism. And it's me asking you questions. And not only Zondervan, but Thomas Nelson, they did this parlay, they call it. They said, we're going to parlay. We're going in together on this one. And we need it to be done as fast as you can. And so my job was the biblical part. So you got to understand, like, like you got the woman at the well, right? That's our introduction to, to the Samaritans, right? But then, you remember in Luke, you also have the good Samaritan. Why would Jesus make the one race everybody hates the hero? And who's the bad guy? The priest and the Levite. Do you know what another thing the Levite does? They read the Psalms and sing before the preacher gets up and preaches. So it was like President Hagen and Jeff Deal. Walked by and didn't help the man. But you did. Dude, when you start looking at it that way, it's like Jesus was just messing with everybody. Helping us realize the truth in it all, that we're all same. When I was at North Central, would sit up there and come to chapel. What nobody knew except the president, Don Argue at the time, was this. I worked a mile and a half down on Lake and I worked at the Sears and Robot catalog division. Big dude, you, y'all don't know. You have no idea. It was the Amazon of the 80s, all right? And all I did was do these catalog stuff, catalog stuff. But I wouldn't get off until 11 o'clock. So around 11.30, I come walking down the street, you know, down Portland, coming across Chicago. And I'm heading back to the dorm. And in a week, in five nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, at least three times the police would pull me over. Search my pockets, put my hands on the car, pat me down, and they go, where do you go to school? I said, North Central Bible College, and they laugh. They go, yeah, right. I said, I can show you my ID, okay? Show them my ID. Did I quit? Do you know what I told the president? Please don't tell nobody. Because I didn't come here to get pity. I think it made me who I am today. I don't need no pity. I ain't going to get, I ain't going to fight. Do you know what the difference is in today's protest compared to 1963, 64, 65, 66? In 1963, 64, 65, 66, the people who were protesting, they moved in love. Literally, if you go back and watch the videos, they weren't swinging, they were getting beat. Did you know that Martin Luther King and the boys who marched with him took a dime, a washcloth, and a toothbrush? That's all they took when they went to jail. That's it. 
And the only reason they did that is so that they can take soap, brush their teeth before they do their mugshot. Use the washcloth to wipe the blood off because they wanted to look as pretty as possible in their mugshot picture. Whatever you do, be moved with love. Be moved with hope and compassion. Watch this. Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck in your clock, take my stick, run, run, run. Don't stop if anyone greets you. I want you to lay the stick on the boy and see what happens. Just do it. Go, go, go. And he looked at the lady and says, he's going to go. And she says, as surely as you live, man of God, I will not leave your side. Hey, listen to me. Don't get distracted by all the other stuff. Don't get distracted by anybody else's opinion. Don't even get distracted by my opinion. You get on your knees and you find what God wants you to do. And you know what that woman did even though she laid it in God's hand shut the door every step of the way she stayed with God she didn't leave the man of God she stayed until he got there when he got there he did something crazy absolutely crazy I'm gonna show you what he did uh you buddy over there uh blue mask uh dark jacket yeah 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 you just raised your hand come here for a second the bible says that when the man of God got up to his room he walked in and this dude, this, this little boy is dead laying on his couch. Come right up here. Come right up here. Now, now just lay down right there. Lay down. Just let, there you go. Right there. Cool. Lay down. All right, cool. And yeah, he dead. Dead. So the man of God walked in, looked down, saw this dead kid. And the Bible says he paced back and forth and started praying. Then the Bible said, I'm going to illustrate this to you. Here's what he did next. It says, the man of God... Laid on top of the boy. Nose to nose, mouth to mouth, hand to hand. Get ready, buddy. Here I come, all right? No, come here, come here. I ain't going to do that to you. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'll, oh, touch hand. Wash your hands. Wash your hands right there, okay? <laughs> I had to do that. That would be funny, though. Wouldn't it be funny if I just belly flopped him? Ah, poof. <laughs> then we would need a miracle, all right? <laughs> I love the way you guys are like, man, what a sermon. And then he cracked a joke at the end. You know what he did? He laid on the boy. Then the boy grew warm. And he stood up. Okay, here we go. Last thing. Y'all get ready. Are y'all going slow or fast? No, you're going fast. You have a fast song? I want to start fast. I want to start. Y'all don't have no fast song? Dude, you look like a duck behind that thing. What the heck? What is it? What kind of species is this right here? What the heck? Yeah, that is awesome, man. I'm like, dude, yeah, look at that, dude. Go ahead, man. All right. I better stop. All right. All right. All right. Look. look. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that. Hey, do whatever you got. I don't care. I don't care. I hate. You know, I don't say I hate, but so many services, when a sermon like this is over, it's like, come by here. Dude. If you're going to shut the door on your pain, shut the door on your hurt, shut the door on your past, shut the door on it. If you're going to shut the door, dance your way back down the stairs. You've been carrying this forever. You just laid it in the hands of God. You need to dance your way out. Dance your way. Make the devil mad he ever messed with you. That's going to be our response today. That's going to be what we're going to do right now. So listen to me. Here we go. Okay, now look, y'all stop. You guys get in. You got to figure out what you're going to do. Because here's what's going to happen. When I get to the number zero, y'all hit it. Hit it. 
All right. You got 30 seconds. I'm going to count from 30 to zero. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're watching this. But if you've been carrying some, some of you have been carrying something since you were six years old. Some of you have been carrying something since you were 15. Some of you happened last month. Some of you happened last year. Some of you happened last night. Some of you happened this morning. But you got 30 seconds. Here's what you're going to do. And 30 seconds as I'm counting, when you get ready, you jump to your feet, you put both fists in the air, you swing them down, and you say, I'm shutting the door. 30, 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Oh,